Hello, and welcome to the Rooted in Reliability podcast, your plant performance podcast, where we dive deeper into asset management techniques and know-how. I'm your host, James Kovacic, and I will be your guide to achieving industry best practice. The Rooted in Reliability podcast is here to provide you with the insights to improve plant performance and deliver bottom line results to your organization. In case you missed the last episode, you can find the Rooted in Reliability podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on the reliability.fm network. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Now let's dive into today's topic. It's my pleasure to welcome back Rob Kalivorsky to the podcast. Welcome back, Rob. Hey, James. Thanks for having me. How's everything with you? Everything is good. It is good to be home for a week between the busy travel. Um, how about yourself? It's good. Uh, I would say the opposite. I haven't traveled in, I don't know, 14 months or so. So it's been it's been a long time in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Well, it is what it is and we'll get through it. But Rob, for those that may not be familiar with you, you know, you started Rob's Reliability Project and then you moved on to establishing as a co-host of the Leadership Launchpad podcast and dismantling the high performance narrative. Although super brief, what can you tell us about yourself and your new ventures? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously a lot of the listeners will know I've worked in reliability for 10 years now. Um, and I've worked in mining and manufacturing, and now I work in oil pipelines. And really this last two years or so, I've started to see that the biggest gap in our industry is, is really a leadership issue. And it's how we treat the people that we work with. And so I've, I've kind of launched in a new direction. I've become a certified leadership coach and I'm taking a certification in psychological safety actually starting today. Um, and really, I want to lean into the people aspect because for me, I think a lot of the sites that I've been to, whether I've worked at them or consulted at them or, or taught courses at them, I see the, the biggest issues is they have the knowledge at the shop floor level or the operator level. It's just people aren't seeing them. They're not listening to them. They don't have these psychological safe environments. And so that's where I'm going now. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Now, what drove you to this? You mentioned that, you know, you noticed that leadership was a lacking, but was there a turning point that brought you to this or was it just a slow buildup of different events you saw? What kind of force or brought you to this transition point? Yeah. I mean, I, I saw it through my career. Um, it really actually led to a lot of the mental health issues that I had early in my career. And when I started doing, like I hired a leadership coach and we started talking about leadership and, and really getting into mindset and all these, these different things. And I started putting the pieces together. And it was like, like I've consulted at, I don't know, 50 to 60 facilities across North America. I've been, you know, I, I've recorded, I mean, I know you're at like episode 500, but I did around 120, 130 episodes of Rob's Reliability Project podcast. And I always ask this question at the end of the interview, which was around like, what's the gap? Like you're an expert in RCM. What's not working for us out in the world? You know, you're an expert in RCA. What's the what's not working for us? And inevitably, over those 120 episodes, I kept getting the same answers was implementation and culture. And to me, both of those boil down to leadership. And it boils down to these things that we are not doing, which is, you know, building cultures of trust, 
leaning into our people, you know, building psychological safe environments, like all these different things that I talk about now, we aren't doing in the field. You know what? I agree with you 100%. I joke with some of my colleagues that the vast majority of time working with customers, working with clients, isn't on the technical side of things of how to do an RCA, how to do an FMEA, although that is part of it. The vast majority of time is helping manage the cultural change, the the leadership piece, that sort of thing. I joke that's, that's where I spend the most amount of my money or most amount of my time is on that area. And if I had to you know, look at it differently, I would probably be better suited having a degree in psychology and some other stuff to really help some of that stuff. <laughs> it definitely does help. And it's something that I've gotten into a lot. Like I obviously I don't have a psychology degree, but it's something that I've gotten into a lot. And like, it's part of the leadership offering that I offer. And also part of the leadership launchpad project is this, is this piece about mindset. And it kind of actually, it's funny because Leah Freiberg posted a question last week on LinkedIn about how do we motivate people to buy into a new CMMS? And all the answers in the comments were very similar. There are these, you know, prove the ROI, you know, get, get people to understand it'll make their job easier, you know, show them how to use it, like get quick wins, look for low hanging fruit. And like, yes, all of these things are, are fine. But the biggest question that I have for people out there is, how are you motivating change? Because people like the fear of change is a legitimate fear. People would rather go to a job that they don't like for the most part than find a new job because there's that new job is a fear of unknown. And we are very entrenched as humans. It doesn't matter like uh, maintenance, reliability, it doesn't matter. It's everybody. We're very entrenched in the ways that we always are or always have been. And so motivating change is more of an emotional decision. And it's more about how do you leverage the pain of today against the pleasure of tomorrow, the pleasure of change and really leaning into that. Yeah, that it's it's an ongoing challenge, right? Now, you, you mentioned that leadership is kind of the thing that underpins all this. So what is your definition of leadership? Because I've heard a lot of different ones out there. So I'm just curious. <laughs> it's true, right? And for me, what leadership is, I, I like the Simon Sinek version of leadership. And so his definition is basically the quote that I love to use is leadership is not a rank, it's a choice. And it's a choice to show up and care about the people around you. And I really like that definition because it's super broad, but it, it leads us to this, this concept that it's not about being the CEO. It's not about being the maintenance manager. You can be a leader today. It's just more of an attitude. It's a belief about yourself. And then it's leaning into the people around you and trying to make them be better. And that's really where I want to leave people with is, is you know, and I get this question a lot too, is like, hey, Rob, you know, I'm an individual consultant. You know, why should I take a leadership course? And it's like, well, your customers, you can lead them, your family, you can lead them, your community, you can lead them. There's like lots of these things that you can do that it will change your life. Yes, it absolutely will. Now, you know, now that we kind of know what leadership is, why is it so important or how is it so important to this cultural change? What's that, what's that connection? 
Yeah. So basically for me, the connection is an engagement. And Gallup reports that 70% of engagement comes from the direct manager. So whoever is your boss is contributing massively to how engaged you are at a company or in a role. And this disengagement thing, like if you look up the Gallup State of the American Workforce Report, it has a bunch of statistics on the benefits of moving from a disengaged culture to an engaged culture. But typically what we're talking about is disengagement costs us 450 to $550 billion a year alone in the United States. So it's massive. And what's the truth is only 15% of the workforce is engaged. So we talk about this a lot in terms of like making, like in terms of wrench time, it's like a very common discussion we have in maintenance, right? Is like, if you could double the wrench time, imagine how much more hours of productivity you would get. But imagine if you could double your engagement, your safety incidents go down, your productivity goes up, your profitability goes up, your turnover goes down, you have less absenteeism, like all these things are massive costs that we don't even see. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's all these things that impact our business, our change, embedding, sustaining, driving performance, and it comes down to that leadership piece. So where do leaders go wrong then and what can they do about it? Yeah, I think people, the leaders go wrong basically on the fundamental assumption about people. And so the example I always use with this is a lot of sites, they'll do an RCA when something breaks. And sometimes the RCA, the outcome is basically like Rob made a mistake and he's a bad guy and we should fire Rob. And, you know, like the underlying assumption is that Rob came to work on that day and deliberately sabotaged the process right? Or deliberately broke the equipment. And like 99.9% of the time, that's not the case, right? It's, it's the underlying assumption about people. And so if we under, if we assume subconsciously or consciously that people are bad, we blame them. We lean into metrics to measure literally everything that they do. We bonus and, and discipline them off those metrics and we shut up we like basically shut them up from saying anything is not perfect. And it just completes this cycle where if we lean into the assumption that people are generally good, they're trying to do the right thing, then the RCA is going to look at, it's not Rob, it's why did Rob make that decision on that day? And what, what were the business processes or the cultural aspects or the political aspects that led him to make this decision that ultimately didn't work well for us. And so it unlocks curiosity. It unlocks continuous improvement. It unlocks empathy. And then really what it allows us to do is build these cultures where we can be open about things that aren't working well, and then we can fix them. This podcast is brought to you by Iridicio. Be sure to check out Iridicio's IBL, blended learning for maintenance and reliability professionals. This SMRP accredited project-based curriculum will take you through all aspects of a maintenance and reliability program and provides you with all the tools you need to generate a 30 times return on investment for your organization 
and a set of credentials from the University of Tennessee for you. You can find out more at ibltraining.com. All right. Excellent. So, and I think that points to that psychological safety piece, right? Where I can make a mistake. I won't be chastised for it. We'll learn from it as a group, all those different things. And, you know, I think it was Google who did that research on psychological safety and that underpins so many things for a high performance team. But it, it starts with the leadership piece. though. the leader has to be willing to provide that psychological safety, correct? Absolutely. Right. And so I, I kind of like to use diversity and inclusion in this piece. So diversity is having different people or different types of people in the room, right? Inclusion is having these people feel like they belong in the room. And then psychological safety is having those people in that room feel like they can speak up and say things without the fear of being judged without the fear of retaliation. And so think about this in terms of continuous improvement. If we don't, if we as managers don't understand what's actually going on in our plant and our people are unwilling to tell us what's not going right in our plant, how are we supposed to fix it? It's impossible. Like we don't, we don't even know. And so like I liken this and this is an example I use a lot. It's like imagine you as the leader driving the car and you have a blindfold on and your employee is in the passenger seat and they are unwilling to tell you that the road is not perfectly straight and there's no bumps in anything. It's like where are you going to end up? You're going to end up in the ditch. And over the vast majority of industry that I see – we're in the ditch. Yeah, I would agree 100% with that. Now, some people I've heard talk about servant leadership, and that is a way to really improve the leadership within the organization, that sort of thing. Can you define servant leadership and is that the right approach? Yeah, so Wikipedia has servant leadership as it's a leadership philosophy in which the goal of the leader is to serve. This is different from traditional leadership where the leader's main focus is the thriving of their company or organization. I think there's elements I like about this. The, the only thing I don't like necessarily is the word serve or servant. Like we as leaders, we should be trying to care about our people. We should be trying to impact them to be better. But it's also like we need to take care of ourselves. And, and I think the implementation, at least the implication for me, about the word servant is that we're going to toss away all our boundaries and it's going to be about everybody else. And that's it. And I think that that's just a, just a, a slight twist is we as leaders, we need to take care of ourselves first. And if we're growing, if we're learning, if we're improving, then that's awesome. And then we can start sharing that knowledge and helping our people grow as well. And that's just the only tweak I would make on this one. All right. So it's something we want to do, but we want to tweak it a little bit, right? We still want to have those boundaries, but we want to be there to help and support our people, correct? Absolutely. Okay. Now, one of the other questions is, are leaders born or are they made? Or is it a combination of the two? How does this actually work? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I, James, really buy into this this philosophy of you can get better at anything, 
And I think that's one of the fundamental aspects that we teach in the Leadership Launchpad Project is this growth mindset. It's like, you're not a fixed person when you come out of the womb. When you come out of the womb, you know, you, you don't even know how to talk no matter walk or do all these other things. So it's like, you can learn things, you can improve. So I do think it's a bit of both. Now, the question is, is, is like, could you ever become an incredible leader? Like, you know, like Martin Luther King or, or Obama or Simon Sinek, maybe not, but you can definitely get better than you are today. All right. Excellent. Now, what can leaders do to become better at being a leader to helping their organizations during these changes, you know, all those different things? Absolutely. And I think this one, like it's, it's get in the learning, right? And I think it's get as broad of a perspective in leadership as you can. Like I see different leadership programs out there. I see different leadership books out there and I see each person has their own spin on things. And I think that's really what it is, is it's get a diverse perspective, get a lot of perspectives and then nail down what works for you, what works best for you, you know, and it's kind of like the way you learn, right? It's like for some people reading a book is better than listening to a podcast. So for some people, you know, maybe servant leadership is the direction or or these types of things, but it's like gather that perspective, really lean into learning and kind of nail down what works for you. All right. Excellent. Now, the leadership launch pad. Can that help leaders get better? <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, I, I'm going to say that I, I'm definitely financially involved and also just I teach it too. Um, like, obviously, so we have the leadership launch pad project podcast. It's available wherever this one is available. Um, Apple's iTunes, Google, Spotify, all these places. And we talk a lot about high impact leadership or people centric leadership. That's, that's what we call it over there. And it's not industry specific at all. Like we're, we're actually trying to bring in people who are more diverse in terms of their industry background than just heavy industry. So we've had people from digital marketing on, we've had the assistant coach of Canadian women's hockey on, we've had that type of thing. So definitely check that one out. But also we have a leadership program that's coming out um, in June. And if you want to register for that, you want to find out the details for that, go to robsreliability.com slash leadership. It's a 12-week online program where you get a mixture of online learning, group coaching, and individual coaching. And we're really going to lean into stuff like the basics of psychology, the basics of mindset, and then get people started on their leadership journey. All right. Excellent. Well, I will make sure to put links to that in the show notes. Now, you know, as we talk about all this leadership piece, you know, how do we get better? What is leadership? Why is it so important? What is the one thing you think makes the biggest difference in being successful as a leader? For me, it kind of ties into these three things together and it's really building rapport with your people. And so how to build rapport, the first step for me is vulnerability. It's really being able to put yourself out there. Now, vulnerability is kind of a buzzword in leadership. And some people think it means like, hey, you have to come out and share your deepest, darkest secrets. It's not that way. Vulnerability can be simple 
Uh, and it can be something like when someone comes to you and go, hey, why did this pump fail? You say, you know, I don't know, but I'm going to look into it or we can go and find out together. But vulnerability to me is about is basically about authenticity. It's really about leaning into what's the truth, what's your truth, and being open and honest about it. And I think that's something that I see in industry is a lot of people, they have egos tied around what they know and what they don't know, and they want to be the expert in everything. And that doesn't bring people in. That doesn't give them a space to open up to you. And that's what fails us. All right. Excellent. I like it. Now, what is the one action you want our listeners to take away from the conversation today? What do you want them to go do, look at, learn, apply, that sort of thing? I think the first step for me, James, is belief. It's make the choice to be a leader today. And when I talk about leadership, like I talked about it at the beginning of the, sh- of the podcast where leadership is not a rank, it's a choice. And you can make that choice today and it's going to change how you, co- how you show up to work. It's going to change how you show up in your home. It's going to change how you show up in your community. And I think like, I'll give you an example of Dylan Day. So Dylan was part of our leadership launchpad project program in the fall. And Dylan, he's a millwright. He works in Alberta and he joined the program. And what he wanted to get out of this program was he just wanted to get some learning. But once we started getting in there, Dylan started learning about the impact that he wanted to have. And he started saying like, hey, I want to help mechanics and millwrights around the world with their understanding of technical knowledge. And so what he did, like he came on Maintenance Disrupted, he went on a bunch of webinars with Upkeep, and he's launching a a program pretty soon. And it's really about that decision. Like he came to the group and he found what he wants to be here to impact. And then it was like, bang, let's go. And so that's where you've seen him really blast off in these last few months. All right. Excellent. So they made that decision and you want the people to make that decision that we want to lead. That's the first step. Absolutely. And and I mean, you've seen it in me too. Like if you followed me more than the last year or so, you've changed and you've seen me change my direction towards leadership and towards mental health. And it's really because I believe that that's the biggest impact that I can have. All right. Excellent. Now, Rob, we've talked briefly about leadership. I'm going to say briefly because this is a topic we can probably talk about for days if we wanted to. (laughs) Um, Where can people find out more about you, more about the work you're doing with Leadership Launchpad, Dismantling a High-Performance Narrative, all these other things you got going on? Absolutely. So you can, I mean, obviously follow me on LinkedIn if you haven't yet. You can also go to my website, robsreliability.com. It has links to both podcasts on there. It has the leadership program as well. And if you're looking for any leadership coaching, any reliability consulting, you know, just go there and you can fill out a contact me form or you can book a 15 minute call with me and I can, I can help you out with that stuff. But I am like, we are offering the leadership launchpad project, high impact leadership program. It's coming out. Registration will close June 11th and we're giving a $500 discount from now until May 21st. So definitely go there. It's going to make you a better leader. It's good. You can watch the testimonials that we have. You can get in there. And then, yeah, like, 
listen to the podcast. And, and if you want to message me or work with me specifically, robsreliability.com. All right. Excellent. Now, I'll make sure to put links to all those in the show notes. But my fav- one of my favorite questions I always ask, what is your go-to resource on this topic? Is there a book, an author? What is it? For me, yeah. it's it's. I love Simon Sinek. I think he is, I mean, he's absolutely my favorite leadership guru in the world. He, there's a bunch of YouTube videos that he has that are free that people can go and watch. But I mean, if you want to read his books, start with Why is a Great Book. He even has his own podcast called A Bit of Optimism. It's pretty good too. So definitely check those resources out. Like he is, he is absolutely got it nailed. And he works with like a vast majority of people around military and other high performing cultures. And so it's a, it's an interesting perspective to bring to the maintenance space. All right. Excellent. Well, Rob, I'll make sure to link to some of his stuff as well. I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us about leadership today. I definitely appreciate it and look forward to learning more about your leadership program that's coming out. Yeah. Thanks for having me, James. And I really hope people take action and and just become leaders because we can make an impact on this world and make it better than it is now. Absolutely. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. I would like to thank you for listening and remind you that you can always find out more on maintenance, reliability, and asset management at www.iridicio.com and by following our blog. The Rooted in Reliability podcast is a proud member of the Reliability.fm network. I'd like to ask you to please rate and review this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. It ensures the podcast stays relevant and is easy to find by like-minded professionals. It is only with your ratings and reviews that the Rooted in Reliability podcast can continue to grow. I thank you for providing this small but critical support. We'll see you next week when we dive into another burning topic with Rooted in Reliability, your plant performance podcast.